1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: One of the great state tournaments in the country. Get started tomorrow in St. Paul at the Exxon Energy Center. The State Boys Hockey Tournament gets started At 11 a.m. and 1 a.m., Monticello and Warroad. Then it's Mankato East Loyola against Montemedi at 1 o'clock. Then at 6, number one seed Hermantown takes on New Prague. And in the nightcap, Minneapolis battles Alexandria. Scheduled to start at 8 o'clock. And the head coach, Minneapolis, Joe Diedzic, joins us on the line. And uh, Joe, congrats on a great season. It's got got to be really fun for everybody to uh, be getting ready for the tourney tomorrow
3: night. Well, thanks, Off. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's it's been a sort of fun week. Our boys are super excited to play, and and we just got done having a team dinner and and uh, did some video, and now we're we're hopefully going to get some sleep tonight and be ready for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and that might not be easy thinking about XL Energy Center, uh, television, all of that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's sinking in, and the boys, you know, they, some of them have done the hair and have done the, uh, the hockey look as they call it so they they're they uh, they're chomping at the bit to, to get on the ice tomorrow night and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a, just a super week and hopefully we can uh, we can show up and play well
2: now Joel how long have you been at the helm of Minneapolis hockey
3: this is my tenth year Wow
2: and I, I saw I saw a piece on, on you and your team and you know it it It's been a work in progress, there's no doubt about it and did did you feel like going into this season, it's like, hey, we really got a chance to do something this year?
3: You know what we did like we knew this was the best team that we've had since I've been here ten years, and we knew we had some talent, we had some skilled players, we had kids that were hockey players, not just you know who played hockey, and there's a big difference, but I think, um you know like I've said before it it was something where we thought we had the talent we thought we had the depth but going out and doing it is a whole different thing you gotta have the right pieces fall you know together the right chemistry and and it it all came together and uh we've got a unique situation where kids are coming from different schools and our chemistry has been great Uh, the love in the room they're kind of like a a big family in in there and uh you know like i say can't be more proud of our guys we're just a lot of fun to coach
2: yeah, and it's one of those things where you get got kids coming from all over the cities, you know, trying to build that team is easy because you know, literally they're coming in from all over and don't see each other at school or some do, some don't. Has that been a big challenge over the years, Joe?
3: You know, it's gotten better, I think over time. I think uh, a lot of these kids have played together in youth teams growing up, but then again, it's just not the same when you're You're not with somebody in school all day long with most programs where they're seeing each other in school, in the classroom, at gym, at lunch. Here, a lot of the guys see each other for the first time at 4 o'clock when we're pulling into the rink. So it took uh, a little bit of adjustments over the years, but I think now it's just kind of like what they know and they're kind of getting used to it and it doesn't seem to be a big deal anymore.
2: And uh, for a coach, uh, really in, in any school or situation, it's getting the young kids excited where Hey, they're in middle school, and it's like, you know, their dream is uh, playing for the high school team and having a chance to play in a state tournament. You know, in a city with so many high schools and, and potentially so many different feeder programs and situations, building that excitement under the youth is, or among the youth has got to be a huge challenge.
3: Yeah, it's a big challenge. But I'll tell you what, after our section win against Delano, we've had a bunch of support where people are. Are calling up and asking about tickets, trying to buy merchandise, trying to buy state tournament type sweatshirts and things. And our youth program has been just, you know, been really good about uh, being supportive. And everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon, and that's great. We'll we'll make room for them.
2: Yeah, Joe Deedsik joining us uh win 20 plus games this season and you know I look up and down your schedule I was supposed to see you guys uh call a game on on cable tv at Ocio, that that didn't happen and then it was it was rescheduled but you know you, you you've played 1a schools you played 2a schools uh, you, you played a pretty solid schedule this year
3: yeah we did we we uh um, we lost in overtime to holy angels that was a great game over the winter break it was a game we were up 3-2. We lost 4-3. That was a great game. We lost to Gentry Academy in overtime, yeah. 8-7. to It's probably the, probably one of the funnest high school games I've been involved in as a player or a coach to, to watch that game. The lead changed back and forth probably four times. Um, but we had some stinkers along the way. We had a bad loss against Breck. But for the most part, we've been in uh, most every game, and we found ways to win and that's something that, as a coach, you can appreciate because I've been on the other side where I've had teams where you know, we find ways to lose, and that's so fun. And this year, just for some reason, the confidence was there, and, and uh, we found ways to win, and that really made a big difference in our program.
2: So uh, tomorrow night, puck drops uh, about 24 hours from now. So w- what's the plan tomorrow? Uh, how early are you going to get to the rink and, and, and get ready for that one with Alexandria?
3: Well... We played them earlier in the season. We, we beat them at 4-2 in December, and, you know, I, obviously they're you know that was a couple months ago, and so they're going to be a different team. They'll be a better team. We're going to be a better team. But, um, you know, I just remember they, they had a couple of players that had some really good skill um, they had a good goalie. Um, I just tell our guys, you know, nothing changes. Just because we're at the XL, we still got to play to get the way we played all year. You know, play hard, you know, move the puck, play with speed. We can play physical. Yeah, if we if we do those type of things, I like our chances.
2: Yeah, and you you've got uh, top end goal scoring Jack Hanson. and he's had uh, quite a year.
3: He's had a great year. He was named a the third team All Metro. Uh, had over fifty points. He's probably been our our MVP as a skater. Our goalie's been really good too. Alex Lamont. He could be. I think those two guys are probably our, our team MVPs. But um, there's been other guys too that have found ways to pitch him. We've had solid play on our defense i think our defense might be the strength of our team but um yeah it'll be an exciting night we're we're definitely chopping up a bit to, to get her going and hopefully get that first one in our belt
2: yeah and uh what about the coaching staff you had some guys that have been with you uh along the way for the whole 10 year round I, I i know the uh, assistant coaches they put in a ton of work and and maybe don't get a get a lot of credit along the way
3: well, that's right. They they sure don't get a lot of the credit, but they do a lot of the work. So I've had Dave Shute who's been off and on with me for probably four or five years. Uh, another assistant coach, Lucas Coles, who's been with me now for two years. Um, but I've had some guys. even had Tom Chorsky for a year, way back when, about nine years ago. Um, but, you know, like coaching, people aren't, you know, you don't get into coaching for the money, that's for sure. But it's building relationships and giving back to the to the players and to the game.
2: Yeah, and you got you a great home rink.
3: Parade's outstanding. You know, when that place gets full, there, there's not too many better rinks. Um, you know, I'm, I've thinking back over the years, we've had some games there where it seemed like the only people were there were a couple of mom and dads. And yeah. then this year, we've had a few games where we packed the house pretty good. So it's an exciting place to play when, there, when there's people there.
2: Yeah, well, Joe, it, it really a great story. Minneapolis back in the tourney. You play Alexandria tomorrow night. In the nightcap uh, opening day for 1A, 2A goes on Saturday. Thanks for the time. All right, thanks, you. All right, there he is, Joe Dietzick once again, head coach, Minneapolis. They're back in the tournament. It's been a long time since the Minneapolis school has been in the state tournament, and here we go. And once again, uh, the bracket again tomorrow uh, for the 1A it gets started at 11 a.m. All the games on Channel 45. Manucello and War Road at 11 a.m. Mankato East, Clayola takes on Matamidi around 1 o'clock. New Prague and number one Hermantown at 6. And then Alexandria and Minneapolis go in the nightcap. And uh, uh, favorites would be War Road, Matamidi Mata early. Hermantown and Minneapolis, uh, uh I, I've got them as a favorite over Alexandria tomorrow night based on their head-to-head. And uh, they'll play their semifinals on Friday afternoon and then, of course, championship Saturday at the X. Coming up, we're going to talk 2A hockey. Let's get started on Thursday. And Matt Funk, head coach, Creighton Durham Hall, they open the 2A tournament on Thursday as uh, the number two overall seed. As a result, they're going to play in the afternoon. We'll, we'll talk about Creighton-Durham Hall, or the team from St. Paul in uh, the tourney, and uh, of course, St. Paul, the home of the tournament, the XL Energy Center. The Wild in action tonight against the Rangers. By the way, Timberwolves are idle. They get Oklahoma City tomorrow night at Target Center. Our coverage begins at 6.30 with Cal Soderquist, Alan Horton with all the play-by-play. And don't forget, Henry Lake following the game. Timberwolves tonight. Your calls, your attacks. Uh, The Timberwolves are rolling right now. Cat playing at an extremely high level. Um, Cat's just been phenomenal. It is 8.15 here at News Talk. 830 WCCO. 819 here at News Talk, k 3 C C O Timberwolves tomorrow night against OKC there in Orlando on Friday night. That means Mike Max back in the big chair here on Sports to the Max on Thursday night between 630 and 930. Uh, We've had Bob Nightingale from USA Today and Odyssey Sports Insider and uh, the latest from Bob. MLB's written proposal has been submitted to the union. Everything remains fluid as they negotiate deep into the night. Uh, Luxury tax, minimum salary, pre-arbitration, pool, etc., etc. So they continue to meet. No word on a deal. But the good news is they continue to meet. Good news is Boys State Tournament, the hockey tournament, gets started tomorrow with 1A2A on Thursday. And the number one seed, Hilmarie, plays at six against Lakeville South. Uh, In the opener, number two, Creighton Durham Hall against Prior Lake. Then it's number three, Maple Grove against Edina around 1 o'clock. The nightcap is number four, Andover, number five, Moorhead in the 2A tournament on Thursday. And uh, the head coach from the numbers, two seed Creighton Durham Hall, Matt Funk joins us on the line. And uh, Matt, good to visit with you, and congrats on a great season. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah. uh, Let's talk about uh, getting to the tournament. Uh, A lot of pressure in those section playoffs and that section final. It's got to be a relief to have that over and get ready for the turning on Thursday.
4: Yeah, we we were talking about this game for the last uh, couple of years with uh, losing in the section semis the last couple of years. So getting to the section final and then uh, winning that game definitely took a, a stress off of our backs.
2: Yeah, and uh, what what a year for your team, 24-3-0 and going into the tourney. You've you got to be proud of the
4: kids. I really am. Um, you know, we played a really good schedule this year. We played some of the top, state's top teams. Um, and, uh, you know, we really delivered on a lot of our goals this year, which was, you know, number one to win the conference championship and then number two to win the section championship. So we still got some goals ahead of us, but uh, we're happy of where we're at right now.
2: Yeah, and uh, good news is you don't have to deal with the cadets. Uh, they were able to get you twice this season, and you, you don't have to deal with them anymore.
4: Yeah, you know, we thought we'd get them one more time um, in the section playoffs uh, to to get a little bit of redemption, but, you know, I, I think hanging the banner is redemption enough.
2: Yeah, for sure, and being able to play at home in St. Paul at the Excel Energy Center. You know what a what a thrill! There's got to be a lot of excitement at school.
4: You know it really is, and we've been talking about it all week. You know, there's something to being the hometown team. You know, um, Welcome everybody into our hometown, St. Paul, um, and having the city of St. Paul behind us as well. So we're excited.
2: Yeah, and uh, look at your team start up front, uh, leading the way. Jake Fisher, Drew Fisher, both having phenomenal seasons.
4: Yeah, you know, they really are. Um, Drew's a senior forward for us and has been playing with his little brother Jake, who's a junior, for the last uh, three years on the varsity. And, you know, they have really something special on that line together. Um, And then you match them up with our Energizer buddy, Luke McCarthy, um, a senior himself um, that does a lot of the work in the corners for him and and, uh, really completes a really good first line.
2: Yeah, and and what's crazy is those three have combined for almost 150 points
4: this season. Yeah, you know, they, um, they really can go, um, and all three can, can score at times. So, um, it's been really fun to watch. And then, you know, senior Luke McCarthy has been a, a really good rock for us this year and a, a really pleasant surprise because the last couple of years we had Jake Sandrio, who's another really good forward, who's now on our second line that adds a lot of depth there. So being able to split those three up, um, and, and give us basically one A and one B has, has been a really, big luxury for us this year.
2: As uh, fans show up at the X on Thursday for the tourney, uh, what about the blue line? Who are
4: some guys to watch? Yeah, we got some studs back there. Wouldn't be remiss to not talk about the decor. Um, my assistants, Charlie Boscombe and Brian Kilberg, would, would give me a lot of heat if I didn't. <laughs> <Right>. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, Simon, junior Simon Hogue, um, number eight. Um, uh, senior number six, Zach Sandriel. Um, both, um, have played, you know, since, um, two years ago, um, have been rocks for us back there, but we've got some, I would say two guys, um, that, uh, played for us last year too, with Lucas Cernahaus and, and Colton Jamison, and then some newcomers with Joey Sylvester and, uh, Rory Smith that all will play, um, which is a luxury for us to have to be able to play 60.
2: All right. Now we got to get to the goalie um yeah what a year you look at those numbers they they really stand out
4: it he's incredible he he's played in pretty much all of our games since his sophomore sophomore year so he's got 60 wins um, for us um, as a varsity goaltender his career save percentage uh, is right around a a 9.925 his goals against average is a 1.86 so You know, I I hear other names for the Frank Brimzik, but I'd be hard-pressed to say that uh, Marco doesn't deserve it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's a game-changer. And I've talked to, you know, hockey coaches for years, and when you have a a goaltender that you can really lean on, even if the defense makes a mistake or there is a breakdown, that they are going to be able to make the big save. And, you know, with the save percentage like that, you know, you can tell Marco can really make the big say it.
4: Yeah. It's, you know, he does it on the rink, but like before the game, he's a calming presence. Like as a, as a coach, when you walk into the locker room and you see a guy like that, that he doesn't look phased, doesn't look like any moments too big. And then he can back it up on the ice. You just, you have a calming presence where, you know, you have a good chance to win every game with Marco back there.
2: Um, the as you get ready for the tournament, what's the week been like? I, I know there's, there's a lot of fanfare. You win the section, and then all of a sudden you, you got the media responsibilities, and you got to get all that stuff put together. And then I, I, I suppose creating a routine and, and skating after school, etc., cetera, is a, is a big part of getting ready for it.
4: Yeah, I was joking with my wife that I might need a new cell phone. Um, but uh, the, you know for us, it's, it's really about keeping the same routine. Um, and I think you hit it right there. Um, and we've had two really good practices this week. We had a really good practice Friday after the section final. This group um, knows what they have in front of them. Um, and it's about keeping it as normal and as real as, as they're used to. You know, checking into the hotel and some of those things are going to come. Um, but when we drop the puck on Thursday um, afternoon, we just got to be ready. And it's, a, it's another game.
2: Yeah, and there the, there is great confidence in the 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 schedule up and down your schedule all year. You played good teams, a lot of tournament teams, you know familiar foes. That that's got to be comforting because the kids know, hey, we 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 played a lot of these guys already.
4: Yep, it is. Um and you know the the thing about it when you look at this tournament it's a, it's a really deep field and there's not going to be um there's no advantage to being one two Three seed. I mean, you have to play a really, what I would call a top 10 team, top eight team um, in any game that you play. So um, having confidence and having played these teams um, leading into the tournament will give us a, a, an advantage going in.
2: All right. Well, Matt, good to visit with you. Congrats on a great season and good luck in the tourney starting on Thursday.
4: Thanks a lot, Steve. Go Raiders.
2: All right. There he is, Matt Funk, head coach, Creighton Durham Hall, the number two seed. They get Prior Lake in the opener at 11 a.m. Uh, they were one of the unseeded teams. The number three, Maple Grove, takes Edina. Edina unseeded in this tournament. And the Hornets had been out of the top 10, but uh, uh, they are a perennial power. Kurt Giles does uh, a great job year in and year out. The number one, Hill Murray, takes on unseeded Lakeville South at 6 o'clock. Uh, and uh, Hill-Murray beat White Bear in the section final there. They've had an outstanding season. And then I I had it backwards. Moore had the number four and over the number five. Should be a terrific nightcap. Uh, The Spuds take on the Huskies. And I really do agree that you you look at this two-way tournament, you can say, well, you know, it's going to be one of these teams. I th- I think you can make the case for any one of these teams getting to the semifinals and ultimately getting to the championship game on Saturday night at 7 o'clock in St. Paul. So the tourney is here, 1A on Wednesday and the 2A on Thursday. Just a, a great, great annual event. And a couple of weeks back, terrific girls tournament in St. Paul at the XL Energy Center and uh, Warroad won uh, the 1A title, and Andover prevailed in an absolute thriller, beating Minnetonka uh, for the 2A championship. So uh, hopefully that uh, uh, championship game Saturday night, uh, we get some games as as good as that uh, in this boys' tournament coming up. 829 here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. Timberwolves back at it against Oklahoma City tomorrow night, pregame 6.30. Tip just after 7 o'clock with Alan Horton. Timberwolves are rolling right now. Uh, They demolished Portland last night. Timberwolves in good shape to make the playoffs. Question is, can they run down Denver or Dallas and get into the top six in the Western Conference? Boys State hockey tournament starting tomorrow with 1A. And then, of course, uh, 2A on Thursday. Go for men's hoops. They get Penn State at the Big Ten Tournament tomorrow night in Indianapolis. So you're up to date on some of the headlines locally. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. Russell Wilson traded from Seattle to Denver. What does that mean for Kirk Cousins? He could be on the move. We'll, we'll find out about that. NASCAR staying out west. Uh, they were in Vegas. Put on a good show. Hendrick Carr is running up front. And now it's on to Phoenix, and Reed Spencer joins us from NASCAR Wire Service. Reed, good to visit with you. Likewise, Steve, good to be with you. Yeah, a good show at the Las Vegas, and this is becoming a big deal for NASCAR. I know they've been going to Vegas for a long time, but this is important for the city. It's important for the sport.
5: Oh, there's no question about it, and and of course. Vegas is one of the destinations as far as NASCAR fans go, and you could see that reflected in the crowd uh, that they had in the grandstands for Sunday's race when uh, Alex Bowman out-dueled his teammate Kyle Larson for the win.
2: And Kyle Larson had some trouble uh, early in this race and came back and darn near won it.
5: Yeah, he absolutely did, And, and that would have been two in a row for him, but um, you know he chose the the top on that last restart, and you know there are people who've been questioning that decision, uh, although the, he had a good pusher behind him. But um, you know that gave Bowman the opportunity to stay even and clear him on the inside, and you know Bowman just did not give up over those final two laps and ended up getting uh, getting Larson, you know, by a good couple car lengths at the line.
2: Reed and Spencer joining us. NAS Car Wire Service once again in Vegas. On to Phoenix next. Another very popular uh, stop on the circuit. Uh, they go there twice, of course, late in the year uh, for the championship race. Uh, Reed, one thing I want to talk about, and and it is all about the drivers and the cars. Uh, we, we've talked about this sport coming out of COVID 19. On a real upswing, and the television ratings are really showing it. I, I saw some numbers uh, from a couple of weeks back, and you, you compare this to the NBA or the NHL or golf or whatever. Uh, NASCAR is doing very well. People are tuning in on television.
5: Yeah, that's absolutely right. I was, um, I, you know, I was looking at the ratings earlier tonight, and. The, the race in Las Vegas actually outdrew the Duke Carolina basketball uh, game, Mike Sziszewski's final um, game and came yeah. in Cameron Indoor Stadium, which uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. But the Las Vegas race drew a, a very substantial share, outdrew the, the Carolina game, outdrew the NBA, as you said. And, um, you know, it, it definitely is on an upswing. I think that, at least from a fan's perspective, they are really liking what they're seeing with the new next-gen race car, um, it is much harder to drive. Uh, You see them spinning out of control uh, just by pushing it a little bit over the edge, where last year's car, the Gen 6 car, um, had a lot more side force, a lot more stability, um, and you could actually catch it when the back started to step out on you. With these spins, um, once it starts to go, it goes in a hurry and snaps loose, and you know, I think the drivers are going to take a while getting used to this. Um, you know, obviously, I think these are growing pains with what you're seeing in the races uh, so far, but you had, you know, you had 12 cautions in the uh, in the Las Vegas race, too short of the racing record. You had a bunch at, uh, at Fontana the week before, and, you know, that being the case, you know, they don't have a handle on the car yet, and they are definitely harder to drive, and I think that makes for more exciting racing.
2: Yeah, and and showing off the skill of these drivers. And I also think another factor in all of this and, and we've touched on this a little bit is the emergence of new young stars because there there are a lot of big names that stepped away from the sport. I mean, the, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, uh, Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, there is a long list of, of great championship level drivers that have stepped away but but now we're sti- seeing the younger drivers Chase Elliott leading the pack very very popular but there are other young drivers around them and and I, and I think fans are, are are starting to warm up to these drivers and and finding new favorites if you will
5: I oh, I think there's that's that, there's no question about that I mean we are undergoing a generational change of the guard in far as as far as NASCAR is yep. concerned I mean, in addition to Johnson and Gordon and Stewart, um, in the next few years you're going to see Kevin Harvick step away. Eric Almarola, who's 37 years old, is leaving the sport at the end of this year. Um, you know, I think at some point you're going to see Denny Hamlin get out of the driver's seat and take more of a, an ownership role with uh, 2311 Racing, you know, more full-time in that regard. Um so you're absolutely right. And, and then you had 23-year-old Austin Sendrick win the Daytona 500 right. um, in just his eighth NASCAR Cup Series race. So, uh, And you've got Harrison Burton, uh, you know, who's had a rough start to the season, but he's another young driver who's going to be good. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think you've got a lot of young kids that are coming up. Ross Chastain, although he isn't that young, is a relatively new face at the front of the field. And he was another guy that was in position to win the Las Vegas race, had things going right for him. So um, you definitely have new faces at the front of the field, and I think the car makes a difference in that as well because it has equalized the, uh, the territory to some degree between the haves and the have-nots.
2: Yeah, and uh on to Phoenix I mentioned that up next and Phoenix is another very popular spo- uh, spot and, and this has to be a great sign for the sport because uh the the clash at the Coliseum went over very well. Uh the the, the return to uh Fontana And uh, really good crowds there. We already talked about Vegas, and Phoenix is, you know, another big spot for NASCAR fans because, you know, this early season show, a lot of people want to get out of the cold and head for Phoenix, and why not? The weather is always lovely. And, of course, it's the home of the championship race, and it is a shorter track, and that makes for exciting racing.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think we're
5: going to see some. uh Some pretty interesting racing and and pretty out of control racing at Phoenix, um, you know, over the weekend because you know it's a flat, relatively slick track, and you know that being the case, I think I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be an interesting race. It's it's also one where you know I think you could see a surprise winner come to the front here as well. You know, Kevin Harvick has dominated that track traditionally but since they flipped it and and turned the track around put the start finish line over in what uh you know what used to be the um you know turn turn one two and now it's in three four um you know i he hasn't had the nomination that he's had and of course last year didn't have the wins that he had had the year before so you know i think it's pretty wide open at phoenix and i think we're going to see some great racing there
2: yeah, it should be a great week, but uh, the signs pointing in the right direction, and I, I've been a fan of the sport for a long time, and there, there were some tough times, but all all things point to, you know, an, another big year for NASCAR, it, 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 the fans are turning out, that's good to see, and, and I think there's a, a fair amount of cabin fever playing into it, Reed, where people maybe haven't been going to the track, and want to get out of the house, and Hopefully we're going to see more more RVs and and more folks making a weekend out of it.
5: No doubt about it. I mean the the, the COVID cabin fever fever certainly has yeah. played a part I think in in attendance at a lot of different events whether it's concerts or professional sports and I think it it certainly has benefited NASCAR because people have been anxious to get out, get back to races, get back to uh grandstand, have been anxious to get out get back to races, get back to uh, grandstands that are full. And you've certainly seen that in the first few weeks of the NASCAR season. This this time, starting with the clash at the Coliseum, which I think really set the perfect note for the kickoff race for the season with a younger crowd, um, you know, college students at, right there off the USC campus. And, you know, that that sort of set the tone for, for what was to come, then you had, as it's uh, said, twenty-three-year-old winning the the Daytona Five Hundred and Austin uh, Cindric and you know I, I think things have just snowballed ever since then, and and I think NASCAR's got great momentum going into Phoenix, and they don't have an off week until June.
2: So here we go. Well, it keeps you busy. It keeps you out of trouble, right, Reed? Absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Well, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time. Absolutely, Steve. Good to be with you. All right. There he is, Reed Spencer, NASCAR Wire Service. Uh, on to Phoenix they go, but it is good to see. Uh, it, it's an incredible sport, and it's one of those things where you, you can't really fully appreciate it until you see a show in person, and it is extraordinary Uh Just great live. So get to a track uh, and check it out sometime if you're able. 14 minutes now in front of 9 o'clock here at News Talk. 830 WCCO. Players and owners continue to meet. Uh, We haven't seen the second week of games in the regular season canceled yet. Today was the deadline, so they are still meeting. Uh, We don't have a deal but we're keeping an eye on that. Aaron Rodgers will stay in Green Bay, uh, amounting to four years, $200 million, more than $150 million guaranteed. Devontae Adams will get the franchise tag. Russell Wilson on the move from Seattle to Denver for a ton of picks. Uh, Denver going all in uh, next season. Um, just A ton going on in sports. Boys State Hockey Tournament gets started tomorrow. Timberwolves idle. They get Oklahoma City, another bad team that they should mop up on. Anthony Edwards, uh, will he play tomorrow night? Maybe. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, we don't know. Carl Anthony Towns has been superb uh, for the Timberwolves in this latest surge. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up, Chris Tubbs, was something that came from Lindsey Peterson. And uh, he oversees the newsroom, and he's been around a long time. And and he puts something, um, in in kind of a rundown of what's happening in the newsroom and what's happening locally news wise. And um, it, it's really a a great thing. Uh, we call it internally the sheet, and
6: at great, the top, great name, great name by the way, the sheet.
2: Yeah. It's really good.
6: Basic, simple, clean.
2: But uh, here's what Lindsay put at the top. Two years since the pandemic. We're exactly one week from today, one week from today, since we were shut down by the COVID-19 pandemic. If you remember, we did a celebration for Sid Hartman's 100th birthday on March 15th. I was a small part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Mona was in. Chad was in. I got to do an hour that day. I think it, it really was an honor yeah, to be I re- a part remember, of.
6: It. Yeah, I, re- I remember that day. It was a it was, yeah. it was a fun. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. I mean,
2: it was a huge day.
6: Yeah.
2: Um, the next day we went remote. The governor closed things down, and and what's so amazing about that, and, and I remember it well. That was the last time I was in studio. Period. Was for Sid's uh, event. Wow. And after that, they sent some of us to do shows from the transmitter site out in Coon Rapids. And then after that, they sent us all home. And obviously, the world's changed. Obviously, a lot of people have worked remote and so on and so forth. But
6: it's hard to believe. Two years, it's crazy. It seems like it should be so much longer than that because we've gotten accustomed to this, right? I I mean, it was almost to the point where you see people in person and you're like, I I mean, there were times, Steve, where you could only have one person in studio and you, I mean, you had to keep your distance, always wearing a mask. Oh, for sure. You know, doing everything that you could. And I appreciate the company taking all the extra precautions to keep us safe. I mean, they purposely had the host and the talent could not come to the studio. They were not allowed to be in the building. Um, and I just, I remember just having to, you're learning all this stuff on the fly. And I was fortunate that when I was in Houston, that a lot of us worked with the Comrexes and, and, you know, we weren't in the same physical location as our hosts. So I, you know, from that perspective, I kind of had an idea of, okay, this is how we have to handle it, but it's now become the norm, right? I mean, I mean, you know, when you're in, I know exactly where you're going to be. I know how you're going to do it. I know what I have to do on my end and how we coordinate it. And I think we've adapted so much as a society and as a business that I, I give, I got to give us credit because I mean, we're doing things now that. I don't even think we we thought were even possible two years ago
2: yeah it is it is extraordinary what what technology has made possible, but it it just i can't believe it's been two years the
6: world has changed so much, yeah in two years
2: you know in in celebrating sid's one hundredth birthday and Sid's no longer with us and um it's just it's just crazy to think in those terms that it's that it's been two years. Hey, a big thanks to everybody who is a part of the show tonight. Always an honor to sit in for Mike Max or or Henry Lake. Henry's coming up on Lake Night. Um I have a feeling I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Henry's got something to say about Aaron Rodgers re upping in Green Bay and Russell Wilson moving from Seattle to Denver and what that could mean for Kirk Cousins. I'm just going out on a limb here that uh Henry's got something to say about that. Uh, probably talk some Timberwolves. They're rolling right now. Blew out Portland last night. That was just ridiculous. And uh, a little later, probably recap one on in St. Paul between the Wild and the Rangers. That's all coming up, Henry Lake and Lake night. Big thanks to Chris Tubbs and all the folks uh, that stop by on the program tonight. I, I really do appreciate uh, everybody who was a part of the show. We had that uh, state tournament. Uh, Preview tonight uh, here on the program. Uh, Representative Zach Stevenson, DFL, Coon Rapids, about uh, the sports gambling bill. Joe Dietzick, Minneapolis, Mad Funk, Crete, Durham Hall. Reed Spencer, NASCAR Wire Service. Uh, The news, and Henry on the way.